Welcome to the Gospel According to Podcast, the first and only podcast looking at the intersection of pop culture and the Christian faith. I'm Dan Ulrich, joined as always by my co-host, who doesn't really care if they label him a Jesus freak. There ain't no disguising the truth. That's Dave Hallahan. Yeah, I mean, DC Talk, bring it back, you know? I once, I, I knew a man with a big fat belly wiggled around like mar- marmalade jelly. I, I always... That. I always used to sing as a kid, like Mama Made Jelly. That's what I, I thought those were the lyrics. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until my, my adult life where I was like, this doesn't make sense. They've got to be something else. And it was, it's Marmalade Jelly. Now I know. There you go. <laughs> and uh, for this podcast, we are not alone. Uh, we are joined by Jonathan Allen Wright, the man, the meme, the legend, musician, memer, youth pastor, all around great guy, Jonathan. Thanks for hopping on with us. I'm I'm really glad that we got to do this. I, we came so close the other week to getting to record it that my week went crazy, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man!" But here we are. We've done it. We're making. I've it not happen. been referred to as the ma'am, ma'am, the man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. No, no one's referred to me as ma'am. I promise. The man, the meme, the legend. That that's a new title that I have not gotten before now. Yeah. So if you don't know Jonathan, you probably have seen his face around. He has been memed in the Christian meme Illuminati, you know, circles to to death almost. Relentlessly. It's just very normal for me now. <laughs> I went, people will like send me a text. They'll be like, dude, this page meme. Do you like, is it a Christian meme page? Yeah, okay. We got it. You know, I know that. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. And you'll just casually like drop pictures of yourself I do. In, the, in the group chat. And then like 10 minutes later, it's like, do, 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 do. Everyone has. It's, it's almost like I can't help but get punished by that. Like I... I'll have something weird happen, and so suddenly I'm taking a selfie having it happen. And then I think, I could send this to the group. And then next thing I know, it's a meme, and I'm not surprised, but I'm still every time a little surprised at what they turned it into. So that's the part that I'm like, I have no predictability on what it's going to be a meme about, and that will be what startles me. <laughs> right. That's funny. We all have friends who are like, happy to make fun of us or meme us but we don't all have friends that have like 40 to 100,000 Instagram followers that they can <laughs> then send it yeah. out to <laughs> yeah that's that is a little scarier i will say <laughs> it's not just like a group chat with me and two friends it's like oh no this this has some potential to be a uh out there a little bit more than i was anticipating <laughs> i will say there was the one i think i sent the group where I was like in the middle of the desert and that one I just thought was a funny photo. So I sent it in and that one, it feels like it resurfaces every now and then that and the, the mirror one where it's like me in a suit and then me in a like Hawaiian shirt as the reflection. I don't know. There's like certain (laughs) ones that keep getting repeated and I'm like, that's fine. So besides being uh, a face and all around likable, a guy, uh, you are also a musician. I am. I well, depend. It depends on the day how decent of a musician I am. Oh, I if it was practice true. last night at worship team, it was that I was not a musician. <laughs> that, that was kind of night it was, but I tried to be. Yeah, and so this episode is the gospel according to a contemporary Christian music CCM. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? 
uh, I, Jonathan? Yeah, I did. My my dad was a pastor, so PK okay. that didn't go absolutely rogue. I don't think <laughs> you have but, you have one of two <laughs> options: either yeah. you're going to be working in the church or. You have face tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have two brothers. I have an older, a younger. So I'm a middle child youth pastor who was a pastor's kid. So it's like a lot of weird dynamics getting built around me. But yeah, I'm sure you work that all out with your counselor, right? Of course, I married a counselor. So <laughs> they're, 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 that, yeah. that actually that, that checks out. Checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my wife, uh, she went to school for music and therapy, and so uh, I was just like, yeah, this works for me. You know, a little bit of music, a <laughs> little bit of counseling to help me through whatever is happening up here. So uh, yeah, you know, married her after a week. No, it was a little. <laughs> so growing up in a pastor's house, was there music you were not allowed to listen to? Yeah, um, there. It was a lot of like at first some caution around like hip hop stuff, but then um, at the same time, my my mom and my dad both really loved like eighties rock stuff. So that just it kind of was like, hey, we're gonna listen to this, but when we're like in the car with other people we're we're gonna listen to like something else you know? <laughs> so i'm like in the car singing like boston with my dad but then like we'd get to the church and it'd be like stephen curtis chapman's is on right now <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know th- yeah i was there were a few things that were off limits that were maybe more like um hey you know that seems like it's about a sketchy subject so maybe don't listen to that or don't listen to this artist but i never had like a um like a really hard line of like, this is Christian music and secular music is like dead to this family. You will never listen to it. Um, they were pretty balanced, I think, about it. Did you have the poster in your church that was like, <laughs> if you like this band, oh. then try this band? Or whatever. It was like, if you like Pearl Jam, listen to whatever. I was going to say, who do you think is Pearl Jam? Uh, what's music? the... What's the band? You all beautiful. Oh, it's third sweet. day. Yeah, yeah. So if you like Pearl Jam? Listen to Third Day. So they're like, if you like Creed, also listen to Third Day. <laughs> if you like Nickelback, also listen to Third Day. <laughs> like, look, I don't know what to tell you. It's just all Third Day from here yeah, on. Right. Like, uh, yeah. So I remember seeing those posters. Now, my youth group, I don't remember that poster being in there. But I remember that my youth pastor would get magazines from, dude, I've got one laying around. I should have tried to find it um, because he found one and gave it to me recently. Um, he would get these magazines in that were talking about all of this um, youth group related or music related stuff. And um, it would have lists like that in it. Or it would be like, here are the new releases if you like this type of music, you know, Um uh. uh, I wish I had it. I should have. I should have thought of that beforehand. If I find it, I'll send y'all a picture. So, do you, how about you, Dave? Did you? We grew up pretty heavy on uh, Christian music. Uh, my dad also was like very into uh, like classic rock and all that. Still, he has an extensive records collection now, and uh, so we got like a taste for it. And like in his truck, he had a cassette player. He he no longer has a. Uh, an extensive cassette collection though at, at one point in time he did. And so we would get like our, our secular music that way. But before there was K love, there was WZZD, I believe yeah. nine ninety. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, 
So we used to listen to that all the time. Um, I and... was on the morning show before. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I re- I actually remember that. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my family, because I think that was that that was like church related youth groupy yeah, stuff. I don't know. I yeah, I think. So my my oldest brother Dustin uh, battled cancer for two years in his teenage years before eventually passing away. But part of that, I I don't know how like he got involved in. He was on WZZD um, at, at one point. Um, and so like we, as a, our family, like formed a relationship with some of the people there. So that's probably how Josh got an in with like getting the youth group stuff on there. But yeah, so we used to listen to them all the time. The music that I really even still gravitate towards is hip hop. Um, but we, we weren't allowed. My parents wouldn't have that... let me hang out with you just saying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, if I... Stay I away wouldn't. from Dave. In fact, <laughs> I'm out. I'm ending this call before my mom gets mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I li- it's mostly Christian hip hop now. If that if that's better, I don't oh, know. We're I'm not cool. Sure. We're cool. For some people, that's not better. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like anything that had cursing in it, we wouldn't have been allowed to like bring into the house uh, with my parents knowing, obviously. Um, yeah. So, uh, but the first like secular city i remember being in the house was the goo goo dolls <laughs> oh. uh yeah and like mariah carey's christmas album i remember but but that like barely counts as secular um except for i mean she's a little scandalous outfit on the front it so. should be all i want for christmas is baby jesus yeah right 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 i think that's who she's singing to right Isn't that what it, that's what it's about that's what i assumed this whole time honestly <laughs> Yeah, but so I we, I had a mix of both, but like very into uh, contemporary Christian music for sure. Yeah, I definitely, I don't know if, I mean, we grew up in the church, like was there when the doors were open, but never super got into the like mainstream Christian music stuff. Like I had Jesus Freak by DC Talk, obviously. Obviously, uh, yeah. Got a couple of the wow or... Music oh, dude. yeah, yeah. Did you ever? So, did y'all ever have the Wow music video collections that they put out? No, no, they I don't. I never yeah. had the music videos. That was like the first time I got introduced to like hardcore scream rock was through like the um, like oh, what is it? They it was Wow did like a rock version, but they titled it something else with like an X on it, and that you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I'm, yep, I can't. Yep. It's it's like X rock or something like that. And I think it was extreme, but like, like that, that's what the X was for. Yeah. They would put out like collections of music videos. And I just remember that there was a, um, like a kids in the way music video on there. And they were like a scream rock band. And I yeah. was kind of like intrigued. And my older brother was like, this is my identity now. This is who I am. <laughs> it just became that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean like the, the, main main christian mainstream ccm was like certainly where christian music started for me but then yeah kind of went the a little bit the extreme route too and like tooth and nail records yeah. and like all of those bands and there was like some i don't remember what it was called but like almost like a mtv type show but was like the underground like christian music scene and they would like count down uh, some of like the heavier songs. And uh, so I, I learned some, some music that nobody 
would remember no today like <laughs> but it sticks in my mind sub seven they were a band they had a song called emotion it's a bop uh i bet it I, it still holds up i'm gonna say that it holds up <laughs> nice now i'm gonna have to like look it up after this for sure sub seven sounds super familiar actually so growing up in the church was that your introduction to music was you know playing four guitar chords on a guitar oh you know, for me songs? Yeah, yeah yeah for sure like so my dad my dad plays guitar my mom plays guitar and piano and my and my dad also plays bass and then my brother plays guitar and my younger brother plays guitar and drums so you're the van trap family here so it's just <laughs> yeah 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 um it, it was yeah for sure like so my dad pastoring at a smaller church in north carolina um it was that was the musicians there was like an older lady who played the piano and she was great but then it we were kind of this this bridge where they didn't have a ton of younger people and so it was kind of their introduction to seeing that younger people were like gonna play instruments but before that we would go to like funeral uh not funerals well we would go to we would go to I'll fly away. Uh, if anybody, if anybody's got any funerals coming up, we would love to play. Just let us know. Like, that was your hardcore uh, metal, you know, death metal. You just go. Yeah, I just lean over to my funerals. brother, and I'm like, "Is just me? Or is this crowd dead?" But it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we would go to assisted living homes. You don't want to call that. Oh, you don't want to call that funeral. Home. Oh, wow! Wow. <laughs> I understand. Jonathan says they have one foot in the coffin. You heard it here first. (laughs) It's not what you think. Uh, We would go there, and my dad and my mom, we would like play music for like the the people there. And then sometimes we would go to different churches where my dad might be preaching and they would want us to sing. And so, uh, yeah, like we all just kind of did that. And then we stopped when he started actually pastoring at a church. And then it became like this weird, like in the background memory where I'm like, do I remember us playing at like a community center? And my parents are like, yeah. And I'm like, did I have a bandana on? And they were like, yeah, you did. And I was like, what? When, when did this happen? And they're like, you were probably like six. So I was like, oh, what? Like, why do I remember that now? You know? That's so funny. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was definitely my introduction of like playing music um, that... I, I just kind of learned piano first and then started taking bass lessons. But then my brother didn't want me to learn guitar because I was copying him. So, uh, you know, classic yeah. older sibling stuff there. And uh, so then he quit guitar and I started learning it instead. So I had to wait it out a little bit. So what were your favorite CCM bands like growing up? Oh, man. I, so... Let me think about this here. I, I always remember there being a ton of like Michael W. Smith in the house. Um, and it was kind of one of those things where at the time, I don't think I appreciated it. You know, like, but then just the other week, I listened to, um, I guess it would have been his second album that he ever did. And I listened through it and I was like, dang, this was like kind of advanced for like Christian music at this point. Like, he was doing a lot. Um, Listen to him. There was uh, Rich Mullins. There was, um, I mean, Stephen Curtis Chapman. There was a little bit of Third Day sprinkled in there when Wire came out. And then um, as as I was like a teenager, it started shifting towards like 
oh, I want to listen to MXPX because I think they're kind of Christians, right? <laughs> and then I listened to a ton of Reliant K. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it started getting like a mix of things going on. But early childhood, it was a lot of Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, Stephen Curtis Chapman, like the, um, almost like the the groundwork people that just like work their tails off to even make it a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, they were like staples in our house for sure. Um, and yeah, that was definitely like stuff that we listened to. Kind of that was like the family music. Um, and then, yeah, we, uh, I, I guess, branched off into like the look, some MXPX, Reliant K, but like DC Talk. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, audio How did I Adrenaline. Not say DC Talk, man. That was yeah. a huge one for me. Yeah. Jars of Clay, of course. Yeah. Mm. Got to get some flood in there, man. That song still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that I would say that those were kind of the the ones I heard the most. But we also there were like collections of like music that my parents had CDs of from like Integrity Worship, where it was just kind of like a mix of almost like no name artists that were. Um, doing choir stuff or it was contemporary music and you were like, I have no idea who's singing this, but it just says integrity music on the front. <laughs> right. So yeah. you just kind of went with it. So I, I have some songs that are kind of locked away in my head that I have no way of finding now. I'm like, I don't know who it is. <laughs> I have that with you would like for youth group, we would go to different concerts or you'd have this person that was a worship or Christian artists and they would sell their CDs at the place. Yeah. And so you would like listen to it a bunch, but you know, they might've only sold 300 CDs. Yeah. And, like, yeah. You had one of them and you're like, well, I know these songs by heart, but no <laughs> yeah. one else in the other world does besides, you know, youth groups that came to this thing and bought their CD. There yeah. was at one point I saw the band Amberlin live. Yeah. Amberlin is dude. They're awesome. They're, they're incredible. Like I, they were one of the bands that I've, I just, I still continue to listen to all of the time. There was at one point I went to an Amberlin concert in, it was, I guess, before 2010. Um, and they had a band, Caleb, open for them. And I was just like, oh, dang, they're really good. You know, this is cool. And they had like a three song EP and <laughs> listened to it, lost it, never found it again. It was just like, I remember these songs, and I remember them being really good. And then it winds up that, like, a few years ago, I'm listening to a band, and I realized it's the same band, but they had renamed, and it's Colony House, which is Stephen Curtis Chapman's sons. And oh, well. they're, like, now a full-fledged, doing-their-own-thing alternative rock group. And I like had this moment where I was like, it's the same guys that I saw open for Amberlin. <laughs> and then I was able to like Google search and find like some just ripped version of the EP and hear it again. And I was like, there it is. We found it. But <laughs> that was awesome. kind of a weird moment. Yeah. There's a there was a youth pastor at uh the church Dan and I went to uh was really into music and started Rock Wales, which was like a weekly concert and uh would bring in bands and stuff. And there was this one band that played Forever Changed. Do you happen to remember them, Dan? By any chance? I remember the name, yeah. Yeah. And uh I remember listening to them all the time after that on pure volume. 
Whoa. Like they, they were on there and uh, I had their, their CD too. They had a, a full length LP and uh, they were awesome. Like I still, every once in a while, like something like a conversation like this r- triggers my brain to remembering them. And I yeah. guarantee you, I'm going to go and listen <laughs> to their music after this, yeah. but like, it's, it's me and like four people who like know who they are. And the, yeah. uh, those four people were all in the band. Nice. Yeah, they're all just sitting there <laughs> checking Spotify stats like most listen to City. Like there it is. Same one yeah. again. <laughs> I, I listen yeah. I listen to the album once through every year and then at the like end of year Spotify wrap up, it's like you're in the top one percent of forever change <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Sorry for all the shade if if you guys happen to be listening. Uh d- Jonathan, do you have like any any of the songs that you listen to that like stick out in your mind and you feel like would still be, they would hold up today. Oh man. I literally last night, I, you know, it was the, um, this past week was like the, the anniversary apparently of Rich Mullins death. Yeah. And so I kind of went through like another Rich Mullins kick. And last night I listened to the song Creed that he did, which was the apostles creed. And right. I was listening to that intro, and it's just this hammer dulcimer going insane. And then all of a sudden, the snare that is just unbelievably just huge. And the I, the whole time I'm listening to it, I was like, dang, this song just holds up <laughs> so well. Like, why did people, like, there was a point in my life where I would have heard it and been like, whatever, you know? But <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like driving home from worship practice with that last night, and I'm just like, this song just sounds amazing. Um, that's that's a great one that holds up. Um, I I think that the Great Adventure from Stephen Curtis Chapman is oh, yeah, another yeah. song that just is locked away in my mind with almost nostalgia, and also just a really interesting song. I don't know; it's very strange, but also a yeah. very cool uh, sound to it. And I I don't know; it's, it's a lot of it is going to be stored away by nostalgia. But the Jesus Freak album holds up to me um yeah. and a lot of dc talk stuff does i think even their album supernatural the last one they did was a great album i well, you mentioned rich mullins at the beginning and the song creed and kind of coming back to that i feel like in so many ways rich mullins was like ahead of his time yeah. but but for me like like probably a lot of Christians growing up in church that are my age ish, like awesome God was kind of the only way I knew Rich Mullins. Yeah. And then that got played out and it's like, Oh, I don't want to listen to this guy. Uh, but I have, I've also like revisited some of his music late more lately. And I'm like, man, I'm, I missed out. Like I, I should yeah. have been into this for a longer time than I or, have. Been. Or you just hear a song and you're like, I had no idea this dude wrote this. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, a lot of people don't realize that the like sometimes by step like the God you are my God and I will ever praise you is a Rich Mullins song, right? And it is that song is unbelievable as well. And he he was very ahead of his time. And he I was watching an interview this past week of of him and him just already starting to address like oh I think it's going to be really easy for um for CCM to get like over industrialized and everybody needs to be really careful entering this new space and him being like, 
and it was interesting because he even said that he placed his music under the authority of the elders at his local church hmm. so that if someone at a concert had a problem with something he said, he gave them the address for <laughs> a local elder to mail them a note that then the elder would come to him and address something he said. And they would either respond to that person with, oh, we agree, or they would respond with, uh, yeah, we're going to talk with Rich about this. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, that is unheard of right now is yeah. like the accountability portion of that. Well, I'm curious, Jonathan, your thoughts on maybe that over industrialization of CCM now. I feel like growing up, certainly there were always like bands or, or artists whose music was more what we would call like worship music uh in style and we would sing you would hear songs on the radio and they'd be sung in church but i feel like now like the biggest bands in ccm are worship bands yeah um elevation worship bethel um hill song i feel like the worship music as a style is is now like a thing and within yeah. christian music it's like the way to get big is if churches can play the song but you're you're the resident musician on the podcast today like how do you feel about that shift in christian music well more more than that and your latest album doorways and tombstones you wrote a diss track to ccm <laughs> is that true yeah. uh well it's okay so it i will say <laughs> it started as way more of a diss track and i sent it to a friend of mine and i was like is this too much and he was like yes and i was like okay well we'll tame it back and so then release the tapes release the tapes <laughs> so so the, so, so the song is an, an, an industry yeah it goes i see a room full of writers who don't live the lyrics Forgotten doctrines for tunes and opinions. Yeah, speak to that. yeah, that's th that to me is probably the the biggest problem that I've noticed in CCM and in worship stuff as well. Like it's this idea that you've got all of these writers that are writing very non personal worship, basically. And they're like, let's click away like some lyrics to make something that works. And then you find out all of these things that it's like they live contrary to like the lyrics that they're writing. And th I've even started to notice this even not just in a, a big like industrialized setting, but, you know, I'm I'm part of a, a few chats and group chats of like even independent artists where you can see a conflict between what they are writing and how they want it to be something very popular as opposed to being like, Oh, is this like actually God honoring? Like is doctrine actually okay in this song as much as it is like, I have trigger words that I'm going to put in here that people seem to like. And right. then they'll like send it out there and they'll be like, Hey guys, like, do you think this will be popular? And you're like, look, I don't know if that's like the, the, mindset that you need to have for this and so the like the room full of writers who aren't living the lyrics i i feel like is not necessarily prominent but it's a lot of it going on um which is a, a big problem and it's, that's not to say that a person can't have mistakes and and write worship music but i think it's when you start seeing that there's a pattern of a person living outside of that and not even trying and then combining that with like 
here's a song with kind of like opinions of what I think about God, but it's not grounded in scripture at all. And you're not going to be able to support it, but it sounds nice and it's going to make you feel all right. So, um, I, I don't think that that's everybody by any means. Um, but I wrote that, I did write that song after I was at a worship festival that came locally. It was so interesting, I guess. Like I, I went <laughs> to it and it was days of worship musicians and I knew people that were working at the festival and just the, the horror stories they had of how they were treated by the bands and by the people there. And then some really great stories where like this person treated us really kindly. But then, you know, some of it being like they were just jerks and they yelled or they cussed me out and like they treated me this way. And then they walked out on the platform and led worship in front of like 10,000 people. And you're kind of like, okay, that does make me mad. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, at that point, that night I went home and started writing that song out. And then I started reading it and being like, oh, dang, well, like, I'm guilty of doing this myself. Mm, yeah. So there, there are so many times where my own life doesn't reflect what I know Scripture says it should. And I just end up, you know, doing my own thing out of my own selfishness. And then obviously there's this moment where it's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. And there's repentance there. Um so then I tried to start swinging those lyrics to more of like a, this is an all encompassing, like um, I think Christian struggle that is really um, magnified in, I think wanting like a fame from it. Does that make sense? It's hard to put it to exact words. <laughs> no, that, that does make sense. And I think there's like a, probably a fine line, and it can be easy to like go in with good intentions and then cross that line yeah. uh, even unknowingly because especially when making worship music right like you you want it to be accessible to yeah. an audience uh you want it to be accessible like musically like for people to be able to sing it and to be able to get it you also want it to be accessible lyrically uh that it's going to uh, make sense to everyone who who is singing it but then that can i could see how that could not even like with nefarious intentions behind that could very easily just start to drift into, well, what sells the most right. and what sells yeah. the best and what's going to get us the most plays and the most numbers. Um, and then, yeah, we, I think keeping the the main thing, the main thing is important, but, but difficult to do. And is certainly something, you know, Dan and I uh, aren't writing music, but we are preaching sermons. And I think it, we can fall into that trap too. Of, oh yeah. Uh, what's going to get the most people to come up to me afterwards and say, Oh, that was really good. That, yeah. that joke was really funny. Um, I'm not, I'm not actually up there to make people laugh. Um, although that is, that is where I tend to err. <laughs> is there, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a nice bonus. You I, know? <laughs> I, I thought of the joke. I, I had to say it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could see how, you know, even with good intentions, it's easy to drift into then the wrong thing. But like you said, that's, yeah. we all have that struggle, but then there's repentance and, rather than well it made me money so yeah let's this keep is doing my it. life now you know this is yeah. <laughs> kind of like i joked about with my brother with the scream music and being like this is my identity now you know it's it's when people start i think becoming popular and they start seeing like results from their hard work and their good intentions it can really quickly swing to like how can i duplicate this and like how can i like 
make the same potion that's going to like work the same way and going to give me the same results that give me the same feeling. It's it's also hard I think to balance that with creativity because it's like how do you make something accessible and not difficult for a congregation while also being creative at the same time which is also a trait of God where you're like I want to mirror his creativity and actually create something that's unique and beautiful and thought through but I don't want it to it, worship music's weird man that's I've only written a very <laughs> little amount of like what I would consider congregational worship um because I don't know that I'm very good at finding a balance of accessibility matched with also whatever weirdness I think might be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you're doing, uh, you're out there uh, making music, being creative. Uh, your latest album, Doorways and Tombstones, available to stream where streaming is Wherever. available. Yeah. Uh, but who else, like who are you listening to? Who do you feel like is doing a good job at uh, being creative and being God honoring? Oh man. Um, so I, I listened to a lot of Jonathan Ogden. He is he's an independent guy, but he used to be in a band called Rivers and Robots. His he's so grounded lyrically that it's it's amazing. A lot of it is scripture, but he's also creating something that is extremely unique in the sense of it's like it's interesting both creatively and it is both accessible lyrically to where you know what he's talking about. It doesn't feel like mystic or vague or anything like that. It's very straightforward. Again, like I said, I've been on like a Rich Mullins kick for like the past yeah. week. So that kind of happens a lot. Um, I have a friend, Gwil Davey, that I liked his music before we kind of met and started working a little bit together that I really enjoy his musical, uh, his musical. He didn't write a musical. I enjoy his music. <laughs> if he wanted to write a musical, I guess that'd be cool. Um, and he has a song called Dawn Till Dusk that's like a congregational worship out uh, song that I really like. Um, but then, you know, I, I do listen to quite a bit of like John Mark McMillan as well. Um, although I think that he and I probably have like differing things theology and views on a lot of things on but, how sloppy kisses are well you know <laughs> I, that that's not even one that i feel like i'd be like having more of a question mark about <laughs> uh, but i appreciate at least i feel like that he's very honest in his music yeah. um and he also is trying to create something very unique that um he cares i guess if people listen but at the same time he's like i i want to do something that is like this is for God, and this is also like an outlet. Um, so I listened to quite a bit of him. Um, and let me think here. I'm going to give you one more. Antoine Bradford. Yeah. He and I have had a little bit of interaction, but he's like Christian soul R&B, and that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy his music. How, how do you distinguish Christian band versus band that are Christians or Christian <laughs> artists versus an artist who's a Christian. Yeah. Well, 
that's I, I mean there was once a really hilarious response from John Foreman on that that I think is so fun because they asked him if he was a Christian band and he was like I've never heard or if he had Christian music and he was like I've never heard of music that got saved like he said you know you're saying that we're Christian music and I've never once heard of a song that like got saved and went to heaven which is hilarious and it's kind of true but at the same time I don't know it's I think that a person who is a Christian um is a Christian artist whether they want to label themselves that or not because I think if you're being an outspoken believer even if your music does not um necessarily talk about that all of the time you're the people who are listening are going to start wondering about your faith in some way and at that point you're supposed to live as a like a visible witness to jesus and so i think for a person who's like oh i'm an artist that is a christian or i'm a christian artist i'm like i don't feel like that's necessarily that different of a phrase um you kind of i guess jump in some semantics a little bit um but I'm Christ- sorry. The correct answer was if they're sold in a Christian bookstore. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> you're like, you too is a band that says they're Christian, but they're not a Christian band because they're not in Lifeway. I, I really kind of struggled with that because I used to write music that didn't have anything to do with God at all because I was scared of being, I guess, cheesy. And it being in like not very authentic or feeling like a hypocrite. And so I just didn't write any Christian music four or five years ago. I was like, well, like my relationship with Jesus is supposed to be the most important thing in my life. And I never like direct any like my creativity or any of my thoughts or my lyrics towards him. And that just feels like a misuse. I think as a believer, you should want to incorporate God into what you're creating because I don't I don't know that you can help it but so much. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's hard to That does make that does make sense. And I think it's a good segue into the Bible breakdown. And here comes the breakdown. Whoa! <laughs> I, I was choked on my Lacroix. <laughs> How do you see Scripture speaking into what our relationship with music should be like, um, or does it at all? Because I'm sure there are people who are like, "Well, I don't like music, or I don't like Christian music, or I am a Christian, I want to make music, but I don't want to." Like you had said, I don't want to be cheesy. So how does scripture inform the way that Christians should interact with music? Well, I mean, you've got the whole book of Psalms, like the entire, yeah, like the whole thing is, is, is uh, the writer David's, you know, like he's dishing out either whether he is feeling very close to God or he's having moments where he's like, why would you do this to me? I can't believe that, you know, it's him being very honest and very open with God and writing those things down in an artistic way. But then we also know that like there, I'm trying to remember the verse where it says that God literally sings over us and you're like, okay, so music itself 
is something that's like a trait of God. Creativity of God, like creating things, is a trait that us being made in the image of God is like incorporated into what we want to do in some way, whether we are a believer and understand that or not. But we see people who are believers creating things and they're like, why do I have this desire to do this? So it's it's because we are made in the image of God. But I think that if we look at what the Psalms have as lyrics and as worship, we get a pretty good idea, obviously, of of where that focus should be, which is all of the time to be focused on who God is and either communicating to him or communicating to the others that this certain song would be written for who he is in a way and like pointing them towards worshiping him. And I just think that some of that has been lost through, I guess, the the business side of, of music, of wanting to manage things well, that people started to lose this idea of, oh, we're actually writing about like a very real thing and we're writing about a very real God who is worth us actually putting effort into this song, not just creating it to to just sell. So where where have you seen the maybe I mean you speak spoken to it a little bit, but the false gospel of music maybe in general or uh, the relationship it has with God and the church? I mean the false gospel of like idolizing yourself and and like you know that's classic garden of eden stuff like i want to do what i want to do and i want to have the same knowledge as god and take on that glory and my my dad had always said this and i think it applies really well to it um that you know man was only made to accept and be able to handle so much glory without redirecting it straight to God. Like you cannot take on all of that for yourself without some sort of collapse. Like it has to be redirected and understand that that's not for you. That's for God. And so I think that that's not just in music, but also just in church culture. Y'all mentioned preaching. Like I work as a youth pastor and I can even feel it sometimes then of like, I want to communicate this lesson in such a way that they really think I'm a good teacher. Right. Not like I want to teach this lesson really well so that they have a good understanding of the gospel and come to faith in Jesus. And, (laughs) you know, it's that that same mentality leaks into every aspect of our life. And so it's like the false gospel of of we can hold all of this glory and like I deserve this attention or I deserve the outcome to like to see where this goes rather than redirecting it and being like, this is actually all God's and I should be using this, yes, as like a gift that he's given me, but understanding that like he could literally take it at any point. So I should steward it well in sharing the actual gospel of Jesus being the one who is the center focus. And so I I think the false gospel we see in a lot of CCM, but just across the board with a lot of art and creativity is that I'm now the center focus you should focus on me. I'm the person who can give you this satisfaction somehow. Jonathan, do you want to play a game? No. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what would you do if I was like, I'm not feeling it? Have you, I mean, have you had a guy just be like, no. 
No, it turns want... out everybody likes games. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> we haven't found anyone who's like, nah, I'm good. I should have stuck with later. it and just gone. <laughs> All right. So you and Dave are going to compete against each other. Uh-oh. Unless oh, Dave snap. already looked at this list. I have not. All right. So saddle up your horses. Hey. We got a game to play. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I'm probably going to suck at this if it's naming artists. I'm so bad at remembering, but I'm prepared <laughs> to fail. All right. I, I always try to come up with a, a name. So this is, you're going to be choosing if this is the name of a Christian band or if this is the name of a glam rock band. <laughs> so it's called, is this a Christian band or yo fam? It's glam. All right. So Jonathan, you'll go first. Oh man. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Sons of Angels. Sons of Angels? Sons of Angels, right out of the gate, I'm like, is this, would a Christian band go with this doctrine of us being the Sons of Angels? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say Glam Rock. That is a Norwegian-Swedish rock band from 1990. That is is one point for you. Doctrine gave them away. (laughs) Yo, fam, it's Glam. Yeah. I I like that you... I feel like you're an optimist. You're like that's that would be bad doctrine. So I was also so certainly no Christian no Christian band would ever do that. <laughs> I was really ready to be disappointed if helped. I was like it might be. <laughs> All right, Dave, are you ready? I'm ready. Triumph. I'm gonna go with little game theory here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Christian band. Uh, Triumph was a Canadian hard rock band from oh! 1975. I no would have said Christian band as well, honestly. Ah. Mm. All right. Jonathan, one bad pig. <laughs> one bad pig? Yep. <laughs> it feels like a punk band. One bad, bad, one bad pig sounds like a... Sounds like a Christian band trying to sound intense. But not wanting to be too intense. So I'm going to say it's a Christian group. It's a Christian punk band. That's like a bonus point from Austin, Texas. (laughs) They had a reunion show at Cornerstone in 2000. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Dave, you ready? Sure. Firehouse. I don't know, Dan. I'm, I get I get so in my head with these games. I'm I'm having post traumatic stress from the Taylor Swift game. This is a Christian band. <laughs> no, <laughs> this American rock band formed in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, rich hit oh. singles "Reach for the Sky," "Don't Treat Me Bad," and all she wrote. Whoa, of course, of course. Richmond, so, Virginia. Uh, Dave, you're still shut out. Yep, yep. Uh oh. Uh, Jonathan, New Jerusalem. Hmm. See, this seems too easy. I'm doing a little bit. I'm doing game logic here today, too. I'm, I feel like New Jerusalem sounds like a Christian group. Thus, you put it on the list to trick (laughs) me to think that it was a Christian group, but it's actually not. But maybe... It is actually a Christian group. <laughs> so you thought that I would think that you were tricking me. Uh, I feel like Princess Bride here for a second. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it is a secular group. 
This is a Christian I band. Been, dude. I, you may be overthinking. This is your fault. <laughs> that exists to assist with the fulfillment of Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and reach classic hard rock fans Oh, who are into Led Zeppelin, Black Crows, Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses. Wow. See, right. I, I feel like I... Oh man, I just I I did too many. I kept swapping it and then being like, he knows that I know that I know this, you know. <laughs> oh man. All right. A couple more. Dave Lion. Christian band. The American rock band known for the theme song in the Transformers the movie. <laughs> oh. Their debut song, Love is a Lie, in Friday the thirteenth, the final chapter. So no, they are not a Christian. Band. Oh no, you, All right. you okay. still not gotten anything. Right. That's fine. Although um, it is the name of the latest Elevation album, mm, so maybe mm. see, see, you know, Jonathan Leviticus. <laughs> Dang, this is the same. I'm doing the same thing in my mind right now, but now with an extra layer of me being wrong. <laughs> oh man. Okay, Leviticus. I'm gonna say. That it is a, I'm going to regret this. It's a secular group. It is a Christian metal band I from Sweden. Known, so dude. it's, I'll I, give you half points because that was both. It, uh, it was on both lists. It's on both. Wait, how? Lists. Because what? they're Swedish? <laughs> you think Swedish people aren't real Christians? <laughs> is, that, band. is that what this no, is because, about? Because oh, they're a glam rock Christian band. My, my <laughs> wife's one-eighth Swedish, so she's only saved one-eighth. They're both <laughs> glam rock and Christian, a la Striper. Oh, all right, all right. to hell with Who, the devil. By the way, the lead singer of Striper filled in as the singer for Boston in like the 2010 times you know oh, really? like that. it's really weird he wasn't very good <laughs> just saying it was kind of rough all right dave last one matt redman <laughs> <laughs> wait does he go by matthew uh oh no is this a legal name or is this like a copywritten like stage name like <laughs> <laughs> jonathan thank you so much this was so much fun uh, yes. thanks for joining us so where can what, do you, what are you up to where can everyone find you what, Which, where should they listen to you? They can find me in my home. No, I, I just in Danville, Virginia. Yeah, I just give my full address. You're like that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Spotify, Apple, all that jazz, and then Instagram John, at Jonathan A. Wright or Jonathan Wright if you read it as it's written. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm on there. I, I I do I've I am working on some new music. I will say that. I've got I think six songs right now that I'm working towards and all maybe right, right. maybe next year. And I'm pretty excited about it. I've been cool. Yeah, doing... hit us up when it when it's done and we'll we'll do a, a release show pop. A TGAT have you, exclusive. Have you, have, have you back on so That'd that we fun. can uh talk about in i'm uh, sure we can find something else swedish, to talk about. so i don't know if that's like allowed on <laughs> we, we can play we can play one eighth of the the songs yeah, yeah you just get my wife to step in the room for a moment you're like okay we're, we're cool but <laughs> thanks for having me on this was a lot of fun it really awesome. was and it now is making me think i'm gonna go and listen to like way too much music that i grew up listening to now <laughs> perfect <laughs> 
Thank you all out there for listening to the Gospel According To podcast. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms that exist or have ever existed. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just find us in the back at our merch table at TGAT Podcast. (laughs) Thank you for sharing the Gospel According To with your family, friends, and that one guy that wears the t-shirt of the band that he's going to see. Don't be that guy. <laughs> you can also send us a mailbag question on our social media or by emailing tgatpod at gmail.com. That we'd be happy to answer that question here on an episode. Don't forget to do your part of fulfilling the Great Commission by helping us spread the gospel according to. And one great way to do that is by leaving us a five-star rating and review. If you don't like what's happening here and you are tempted to leave us just a one-star review, I'm going to give you the address to one of the elders at my church and you can write them a letter and and we'll see if they respond to you or not. This was the Gospel According To... Contemporary Christian music. <laughs> Whatever, we're leaving it in. That's that's what we're going with. <laughs> this was the gospel according to Contemporary Christian Music. <laughs> what are we saying, CCM? <laughs> Do you think that someone's going to see the name of it as CCM and just think that? I thought this was the Canadian brand of hockey equipment. Yeah. Uh, I thought that's what you guys I'll be honest. That's what I thought this was before we get recorded. (laughs) Totally unprepared. So much unused material. (laughs) I should explain to you all the hockey pads I'm wearing. All right. Are we doing – we're doing CCM? No, I'll do the full thing. You have have one of two options. Either you're going to be working in the church or – you have face tattoos. My parents wouldn't have let me hang out with you. Just saying. On how sloppy kisses are. I feel like I have music ADHD and just regular ADHD, according to my therapist wife. But then we, we do see that there are different types of musics for musics. They're like, we're going to sprinkle our members into every bit of CCM in the world and somehow pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, uh, I don't know if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan. Uh, I'm aware of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. I don't know if you're a Dragon Ball Z. No, it's all gonna. It, what if it, I just? It's all coming together. Was like I hate that show. Why would you? <laughs> we weren't allowed to watch that. Actually, you know My, what? here's the deal. I I don't know if I was allowed or not because I never <laughs> saw it. Yeah, uh, but what I was going with is when the characters fuse together and they become like this ultimate band, or in music, which I, is probably the analogy I should have gone with because we're familiar with super groups yes. in music and we're talking about music. But yeah, like Newsboys, Audio Adrenaline, and DC Talk basically are just one band now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like people probably confuse them when they well, were- Well, I just did because I, I was thinking Newsboys, but I said it towards DC Talk being wow. the cover band. I mean, they are them now. I, I mean, yeah. they the the newsboys they they took Michael Tate from DC Talk, and then there was a song that the newsboys did 
where they were like, oh, it's also featuring Toby Mac and Kevin Max. And you're like, that's just DC talk, dude. <laughs> like, what are y'all doing? This is just you DC can't, talk. You can't trick us. I did listen to the Taylor Swift episode, by the way. And I will say I do enjoy Taylor Swift's music. I'll get that out there. <laughs> so I was like. Triumph. The insult comic dog? Yeah. No. <laughs> the band. Triumph. That's a nice band for me to poop on. Um, <laughs> oh, now Jonathan's mom's definitely not going to let you over her house. <laughs> uh, uh, I just feel like Princess Bride here for a second. Um, but it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely, because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia! And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard, which means you must have studied. And in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked! You've given everything away! I know where the poison is! Then make your choice. I will! And I choose... What in the world can that be? What? Where? Sub 7, they were a band. They had a song called Emotion. It's a bop. Uh, I bet it I, It still holds up. I'm going to say that it holds up. <laughs> nice. Now I'm going to have to like look it up after this for sure. Sub 7 sounds super familiar, actually. Yeah, I'll put it in the outtakes of, of this episode, and oh, people yeah. can let us know if you think it's a banger or not. <laughs> 